The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, Biscuit listeners, and thanks for tuning in to the Biscuit CLT Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy Go. Today on the show, we wanted to bring you a quick chat between Head Biscuit Bakers, Matt Olin and Tim Miner in a new segment we're calling Scratch Made. Matt and Tim are going to go back and forth on five topics they have about what's happening in the Charlotte creative scene. Hear them talk about what they love and hate about Zoom calls, the future of live events like Creative Mornings, ways that creatives can use this time, how they've rediscovered the city, and their takeaways from Latin American Heritage Month. This conversation was recorded on Tim's open-air back patio in a safe and responsible socially distanced environment. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody. It is Tim Miner and Matt Olin. We are coming to you on Tuesday, October the 20th. I believe so. I, 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 time has been so irrelevant. We're within striking even, distance of election day. Uh, um, striking is the is the operative word on that one. Pretty much. Um, but we're coming to you live from my back porch. Matt and I are unmasked but socially distanced out in the beautiful sunshine. Uh, we'd like to invite you to a scratch made edition of the biscuit podcast this is where uh, we just kind of go around the horn and do a monthly check-in on some stuff that matt and i are thinking about regarding the creative community here in the queen city things that are going on things we hope to be going on and kind of some forecasting into the future and we're going to do them in five minute uh increments five minute musings if we if we can be disciplined so matt are you committed to that today i am not Okay. But we're going to do our best. One of us must be. Okay. All right. right. So Let's take a look at the clock. I commit. I'm going to hit you with the first question. Okay. And it's this. All right. We have been forced because of our good friend COVID-19 to move and migrate live events and live engagements to Zoom, just like so many musicians, nonprofits, meeting facilitators, performers. And it's easy, I think, to vilify Zoom. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think is, what's something good? And something that you really hate about Zoom yeah. and doing events there. Oh, that crazy COVID. That crazy COVID. Well, you know, one of the things I've actually liked about it, I'll go in reverse order, is that at Creative Mornings, this sort of new phase that you and I have gone into where we're sort of Zooming live, Zoom casting live from different places around Charlotte. These are places that we couldn't necessarily put 400 people in a room that morning, uh, like our live event, live Creative Mornings events were pre-COVID. Um, but... But it's freed us up to sort of grab our computers and I'll go over to this cool little creative corner of Charlotte and you go over to that little creative corner of Charlotte and we get to sort of broadcast from there. They don't have to look at our, the you know, our bedrooms or our home offices anymore. And we're kind of stoking that sense of wanderlust and getting people excited about checking out new places they haven't seen before once they feel comfortable going out and really exploring. That's, that's something I really like. I think you're on point. I mean... Because of, you know, our, we're a commuter city. So wherever we would, you would do a large event, whether it's Creative Mornings or Queen City Quiz Show or, or a concert or something else that, that another organization would do, you've got to worry about parking. That is just a demon, right? And, yeah. and for us, given that the events that we do are free, 
often, um, you know, you, you don't want to add that burden of, of uh, paid parking on top of people. And so, yeah, you're right. We've been able to at least go places that we would never be able to hold a creative mornings or a quiz show or another event that we might manage and, and give charlatines a little glimpse yeah. into it. And hopefully when, when and if they're able to get out, they go there. So the, other, I would say the thing that I don't like about Zoom, one of the things I do not like about Zoom or just video conferencing in general is that you, you can't read the body language of the person you're with. So, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone at a live event, having a live meeting in a, in a room, whatever, you can read each other's body language. You kind of know when to, when to interject, when they're wrapping up what they're saying. But I feel like on Zoom, we step over each other so much. And it's just annoying. I mean, it happens in conference calls too, but I just, I will, I want that to be able to read people's body language and you just, it's hard to do from the, from the chest up, you know? I, I think you're exactly right. I've never, it, merging into traffic on a Zoom is really, it's really, is really hard. And I, we're not, it's six months in, I'm still crashing into people left, <laughs> right, center. You know, you, you start to hold your finger up, you open your mouth halfway yeah. so people know that we're you like want to interject. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like my annoying, my habit of doing that in normal conversation has only been <laughs> significantly enhanced. Um, I would say for me, I'll start with it. What I, what I don't like, I mean, there's obvious things to dislike, right? But I, I think that zoom and, and any kind of a video event like that plays against human nature. When we go to a play or we go to a conference or, or any time that we're in an audience, even a movie, right? Part of the experience is looking around. It's very difficult to stare ahead at something without blinking, without turning your head for, for long periods of time. Yeah. I actually think it plays against memory, right? You start to, to fade away. Whereas if I could turn my head, look at the guy next to me, you know, look at the ceiling, the decoration in the room, whatever, that gives my mind those little breaks that allows me to absorb what's going on. And I, I think that's, it's rude to not stare straight ahead. If there's anything for 2020, I hope it's that we start to realize that like, if someone's looking away on a zoom, it's not them being impolite and saying they hate you. Um, I, I think what I do like is uh, there, are, there are a few things, but if you've done a lot of live events, one of the challenges is staying fresh, you know, even with even with creative mornings or quiz show where we can pretty much embrace chaos, there becomes a cadence to what you do. And I and I would say that Zoom, because you have to make it its own thing, you can't just, as you've said before, stick a camera on somebody and try to approximate what a live event would look like. You have to make it its own experience that's been kind of a fun welcome creative challenge to 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 say how do we make this engaging um and so for that standpoint i've welcomed it and and i, I think it's going to be here for a while and that's okay let's use it as a as another kind of arrow in the quiver on how to engage people yeah i think one example that comes to mind for me is when we had the live dance off on zoom that was a really fun way to take the zoom medium and go all right we're gonna gamify it we're gonna make have fun with this and i think folks really enjoyed that i agree completely and i you know there's there's some when you're introducing charlotte you know or any audience to a personality 
seeing seeing where in their home and seeing what they're I mean, I, I know a lot more about Charlotte leaders and what their home decor looks like because of <laughs> Zoom than I ever thought I ever thought I would. All right. Is it my Moving turn? on to the next one? It's your turn. All right. So we just talked about Zoom events. I'm more I want to think more about live events, like getting back to those live events that we miss so much. What do you think live events are gonna look like in, in 2021, Tim? Um you know, this is gonna sound a little pessimistic, but even if 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 COVID kind of if the coronavirus evaporated from the face of the planet tomorrow, I think we're, we're going to be dealing with two kinds of hangovers on that. One is that there will be a, a, you know, this is a scarring emotional and psychological experience. So I, there are many, many people that are going to be distrustful of, of large gatherings for a while. Yep. Um, the second thing is I think that large businesses that have put on conventions or conferences or big, you know, big events. Uh, and I'm not talking about like Blumenthal and things like that. I'm talking about how do you educate people and engage them? I think that they've probably seen that this is a viable way if it's done at a competent level to do it while not paying a lot of um, uh, expenses. I don't think that's forever. You know, if I were in, if I were working for uh, in the hospitality industry, I'd be concerned for 2021, but know that it's going to eventually break and people are going to get on planes and stay in hotels and do all that in the future. But I do think that next year is going to be a bit of a hybrid mm -hmm. that as COVID, as we work through the winter, which could be rough and get into the spring, outdoor events are going to, you know, kind of blossom as they have. Um, but I think we're going to see a hybrid where if you might have had 300 people in person, you're going to have an event that's much smaller in scope in a smaller uh, venue that is live for a for a select group of people or a limited group of people and then broadcast to uh, on the Internet to others. And while that's probably a challenge for larger venues and facilities, I think it's a huge opportunity for some of the medium sized venues that maybe had a hard time finding their audience of the past. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's funny. Pre COVID, people would come up to us and say, are you ever going to live stream creative mornings? And we were always very hesitant to, uh, to do that, to go in that direction, partially because we love the experience, mostly because we just love the experience of everyone being in the room together and celebrating together. Um, you know, now having been forced to sort of go fully live stream, uh, and now looking ahead and thinking of what, what will a creative mornings event, what will a live event look like in the future? I, I also am envisioning it as a hybrid situation where, uh, s smaller gatherings, it's going to be people that feel more comfortable, uh, are, are a little, um, less risk averse, I guess. Um, and then, you know, opening up to people to, to, uh, attend from home. I, I, it, what's cool now, you mentioned the Blumenthal is that we're now experimenting with what is some, maybe some hybrid events look like, uh, specifically we're using the nerdy night out series to figure that out. So nerdy night out, we did a few sort of experiments with the Blumenthal, um, late last year, early this year, as I recall. And, uh, now we're playing around with nerdy night in, Right. So there's four events scheduled. I think one has happened and three are about to happen. Um, and, and it's and, and even talking with through that, it's like, OK, maybe even in 2021, you know, some people are nerdy night outers and some are nerdy night inners. <laughs> so you got like carry out or dine in. Exactly. Exactly. And I, all can enjoy the same feast. <laughs> it's just what they feel comfortable doing. I, I think, and by the way, if, if, if you don't know what the Nerdy Night Out series was, um, it's uh, a program that the Blumenthal's been working on for the last uh, two years. And it's to, to, you know, when stages are dark, 
uh, in interstitial time, like in between performances, they put they are producing these very intimate, you know, um, very, very focused experiences for people that want to go really deep into a topic. So there, hence the nerdiness. So like one of them that I went to was called Nevertheless, uh, She Existed. And it was a, a mixture of history, comedy and live and live performance where the people on stage would would do deep, deep dives into women who had been, you know, women from the history of espionage. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Nerdy Night Out is. And and I agree with you, man. I think that um, that and other things like it's been interesting to see what John Tosco has done, you know, with Tosco Music Party. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting to see what what all sorts of, um, you know, even like uh, galleries and how they do get, you know, how they're doing gallery shows. I think that you're right. There's going to be this hybrid like that for a while. Okay. So we have now blown through the five allotted minutes for that one. So we're going to be, we're going to try to be disciplined on this one. Um, And it's in, I think it kind of continues what, what we were just talking about, Matt, what do you, what do you think winter is going to look like for creatives? And I mean that from a weather standpoint and, and possibly, um, whether or not we have some more restrictions on what we can do. Well, so, I, mean, I hate to couch it in COVID terms, but, you know, people are definitely talking about obviously colder weather drives people inside. Coronavirus can spread more inside than outside. Um, so open the windows, keep the fresh air coming in, um, heading to outside to, to, you know, walk, you know, walk around, get some fresh air. I don't know. I, I would say that we are blessed in in Charlotte with having um, weather in the winter that can be unseasonably comfortable. And if we get lucky this year, I think hopefully it won't get incredibly cold and that we could be outside. And like one of the things I'm trying to teach myself how to do is let's have walk and talk meetings. You know, um, if you want to get to know somebody that you're, you know, out in the creative world that you're you know, either exploring a collaboration with or just want to get to know them better or what have you meet them, meet them at the park, you know, have, have that meeting outside walking around, you're getting some exercise, you're getting fresh air and you're not sacrificing the ability to meet other people. So I don't know. I would encourage more people to get outside and try to take advantage of our beautiful greenways and parks. Yeah. I I think uh, the two things I would say specifically for creatives, um, as I kind of thought about this one, because I mean, you can't, you can't fail to acknowledge that um, we've, if there's anything that's been fortunate about this time, it's that it hit in March in Charlotte so that much of what people have done could be taken outside uh, winter. You're right. It's, I think we're all going to have to have a little bit more tolerance than we usually do for outdoor events in Charlotte, but but let's take a page out of um, find ways to get your work outside Um, and, uh, and lean on others, you know, collaborate with others that are doing well. The, the mural movement's done well with it. The fiber artists have done well with it. I mean, I've seen fashion, uh, you know, and retail really embrace the art of the sidewalk sale and things like that. Um, but, but maybe on a more practical level, um, and, and I know this is a really difficult thing to say when you have to be income conscious, right? I don't want to be like, uh, we have to keep money coming in, but one thing that can, that creatives can do that they don't want to do normally, I know you and I don't, is get your business in order. So if if for whatever reason practically you can't go outside, um, take this winter time to 
put together the list of people that you want to meet with. Use Zoom to to do that. Get your get your finances in order. Get your business plan together for 2021. And I know creatives just want to create. I mean, I I want to do podcasts. I want to write. I want to do graphic design. I want to have meetings. I don't want to be doing the icky things. But those icky things, especially in a business town, make you viable um, and they help you plan for the, the future. And I, I this is very Pollyanna to say, but we all thought this was going to we were all hoping, I think, that this was going to last like three, four months. This is going to make ripples well into 2021. Creatives are uniquely suited and we've seen to figure out a new way. They're not we're not so stuck in our methods. Right. So use that time to plan for what what can you innovate? What can you do with your work? How can you get it out in front of people? How can you build those relationships in 2021 that you wish you had when COVID hit in 20 in 2020? I think um, networking and collaboration are real and everybody is, I think, a little bit more charitable with their time and more open to, yeah, let's let's figure out something together. I can tell you that we've been fortunate to not have uh, too much difficulty with working with people, but, but it's been a lot easier for you and I to, to reach out and find new friends and people to work with in 2020. So keep it going in 2021. So what is something, Tim, that you have fallen in love with in Charlotte this year, uh, amidst all the chaos and the craziness? Um, what's something that you've discovered and just fell in love with this year in, in, in Charlotte's creative world or culinary world or whatever it might be? I think for me, um, and, and you may, if, if you pay attention to the CLT as creative uh, Instagram feed, particularly, I uh, kind of fell in love with this, this thing called uh, the, and I, I haven't done it in a few weeks, but you know, the Sunday morning photo safari where I just would wake up really early yeah. when the light is good and get in my car. Um, and after a week, you know, a week of being in my house largely uh, with my family, which I love, um, I, before they would wake up, I would get out and just drive into a part of Charlotte I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and and through that, I mean, I, I went to kind of all corners well up through the university area, which kind of blew me away because honestly, I, for someone who I, I think I travel through Charlotte a lot, I had not been up there. I can't believe the amount of growth. Um, but I hadn't really um, spent as much time over the last couple of years in, in uh, East Charlotte as I wish I had. And um, that's been a real treat, like just to see the incredible international businesses that are there, the, 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 the older Charlotte neighborhoods that are just full of character, um, you know, even a lot of opportunity, you know, when I'm seeing different strip malls embrace different kinds of businesses and art like Red Hill Ventures is and working with, you know, uh, Georgie Nakima to to take a space that had been vacant in in uh, one of their, um, you know, one of their shopping complexes and turn it into an art space. Um, I really have. I'm just at the beginning of, of falling back in love with East Charlotte, but that's where I intend to spend some real time in 2021. And, and what I want, I hope people will do is embrace it as it is. Um, I know it's easy to look at, wow, we could build more this or that there, or kind of tear this down and build something new. And, And certainly some of that will happen and maybe should happen in some cases, but then there's a lot of charm. And if you want to get a sense of what Charlotte really looked like in the, in the eighties and nineties, 
go there. I mean, yeah. growing up here, it was, it, it looked a lot like that. And, and I used to spend a lot of time in East Charlotte. Definitely. So, so, so it's nice to see some, some sites that are familiar to me, but also some new neighborhoods that I've just dr- driven through and found just an amazing amount of charm and, um, and, and to see, um, how much the people that live there clearly love their community. What is that process for you? I mean, you, so you get in the car cause I know uh, uh, on a Monday I start to see these new photos pop up on our feed and I know, Tim was out on Sunday morning. He was on one of his safaris. Do you just go to that area and then just, just literally, do you have a plan or do you just drive around and go wherever the wind blows and then you see something cool and you just pull over and start taking photos? That's, that's the process. That's what so, it is. That's the process. I mean, you know, I might have like a, um, like a destination in mind. Like I know that a new mural went up there or I know that a, um, there's a, <laughs> a donut shop there that I want to like try cause Coming in on Sunday morning with with donuts, I get with three women. They shake their fists at me, but then the donuts are gone later <laughs> on. Uh, it, it, probably because I ate half of them. But at, at, at any at any rate, I my way of 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 uh, exploring a city. Like when you used to live up in New York, and I would go visit you, um, and you'd be in class during the day. I would just, I just like to wander and I'm a big fan of that. I think so much of what we do in life is so directional. Like I've got to do this. So on those Sunday mornings, I I may have a, one destination, but then I just, if something, if it looks like it might be cool to take a right, I do that. If it looks like I might be cool to take a left, I do that. And, and you just kind of, there's not a lot of traffic and keep your eyes open listen to some great music. And and if you see something that strikes your fancy, I pull over and take a picture of it. I know. I, I just came to me. I know what to get you for, for Christmas. I'm going to get you a magnetic sign for your car that says, you know, something like makes frequent stops or something <laughs> like that. Like, I think, I think that's, that is, that's happening. All right. I, I can that is happening. That. I Surprise. Um, very quickly. The thing that I've fallen in love with, with, with my family this year is uh, Elada nature preserve. We've, uh, this kind of goes back to getting outside and walking around. We've been, you know, just exploring different hiking trails and things like that. And the one we keep going back to and keep going back to is, is uh, Lada. And uh, there's just some really wonderful trails there, uh, different experiences, different feels and flavors of, of hikes. And we're just loving it. So that's, that's the thing we've really fallen in love with. Yeah. I mean, that's part of that, the, the trail of history and, and I don't know how many charlatans have gotten out. I clearly have not explored it as much as I, as I wish. Um, but I mean, you know, get out there and, and see the weather's gonna be great for that for a while. Just even look at the, all the sculpture that's on it and then connecting to those Charlotte treasures that maybe don't make it onto your, you know, onto your list. All right. Believe it or not, I think we've caught up. We're at our last question. Great. All right. Here it is. Um, so in the, over the last month, um, in the biscuit and on our Instagram feed to kind of celebrate, um, Latin American heritage month, which ended on October the 15th, but I, I, you know, we're kind of keeping it going. We, we went to Instagram and said, uh, tell us a Latinx creative we should know about. And we were hoping to get like 30 names. I think in the end we got you know, more than 60, still getting people going, Hey, how do I get featured? Um, and so, uh, we, every week in the biscuit and in our social feed lifted up a different, um, uh, Latinx creative, Matt, what, were there any interesting takeaways? I mean, honestly, it, for me, I have to just say it's the sheer volume. Um, we, we were really overwhelmed with the number of incredible Latinx 
names that were brought to our attention yeah, and we that was keep just it going like we're we're still moving on that's the thing like that's and that's just the tip of the iceberg we know this this is just the tip of the iceberg there are so many incredible latinx artists and creatives um creating here in charlotte and, and in the greater charlotte area and that to me was incredibly eye-opening incredibly gratifying to see and then just to get to know who these people are you know what they're doing what they have to say about what they're doing the meaning behind it the mission behind it it's overwhelming. And so I just, I want everyone listening to this to go to our Instagram page at CLT is creative and just, just go, just dive deep, just keep going down the wormhole because it's amazing to see how many folks are doing amazing work. Well, and then follow those creatives and hopefully hire them. Exactly. Exactly. I think for, for me and you know, Matt, I don't talk about this enough for you and I don't talk about, why did I talk about you in the third person? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, but why we do this. Like, why do we have the biscuit? Why do we have the podcast? Why do we do live events? Um, all of it is, is clearly in service of lifting up the creative community and showing all of Charlotte that why we think it's so vital to support the creative ecosystem and integrate it into everything else that we do because it fuels innovation. Um, it builds community. It's one of those safe places where you can interact with people who don't look like you or come from the background that you do. It's a great creativity is and, and creative expression is a way to embrace difficult ideas that might be hard to articulate other ways. Um, you know, but, but it really is just to create connection. Right. And, and so I, when, what the experience with, with the, um, the, you know, Latin American heritage month posts for me was um, just a reminder of how much work we have yet, to do and how many more people we need to connect with and meet. Um, you know, when we started doing this like five years ago, next month, November was the very first, by the way, it was November 6th. It was the very first creative November 6th, uh, 2015. And we had no expectations. And I remember somebody saying to you like, okay, so you have to do a speaker every month. Yeah. That speaker has to be creative, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to run out of people and like, a year. And we were like, no, we think we can keep this going. And that was, you know, at the beginning, you're like, yeah, how are we going to keep this going? And rapidly we learned there is no, we will never be able to run fast enough or create enough outlets to really show the depth of talent and creativity in the city. And, and, you know, I think that's the goal for moving forward is, is where we see pockets of quiet, where we see groups of creatives that are not getting the attention they deserve, plumbing those depths and seeing, holy cow. And that's another East Charlotte thing, just how much creativity is, yeah. is there. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is like we we worked on a project for Count On Me CLT to do window murals. And uh, in South Charlotte, we did a mural at Tabla Indian Restaurant with uh, a painter named Giddish Nair. And we thought, oh, you know, what would be cool is we'll have a, have another artist, like a henna artist decorate masks. Charlotte is replete with incredible henna artists mm-hmm. too, which um, is an amazing art form. And it's, you just have to start looking. Well, the alarm just went off right on the bet, the buzzer. That's amazing. This is a buzzer beater. Well, listen, thank you for, um, Jumping into the kitchen with us as we kind of whip up a biscuit on the fly for you. If you have uh, questions that you want Matt and I to ask each other at our next one in November, or uh, you have some thoughts on anything that we talked about today, hit us up at the biscuit 
at charlotteiscreative.com. We would, we'll respond to you. We'll look at, maybe we could talk to you about it in the biscuit, but we will definitely cover it on the next time Matt and I sit down to uh, grab some sound. Right here on your back porch. Yeah, wear an extra coat next time, Matt. You got it. Thank you for tuning in to the Biscuit CLT Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourself. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to The Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at biscuitclt.com. The Biscuit CLT Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network and produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music by Harvey Cummings.